I have a few questions again today with this beautiful, interesting deck of cards. The first question I have is, what is something you think every person should experience in their lifetime? I started to say love, but I'm not sure that's the container I want to use. So let me think for a second. The thing that every person should experience in their lifetime is success. And I don't mean success by going out there and making tons of money and having a boat and a house in the mountains and all that stuff. I mean, whatever success is to you, whatever that sense of accomplishment is to each and every person, that's an, that's, that's an experience that I don't believe everyone has because I don't believe we all take the time to acknowledge those moments of success, those moments of accomplishment in our lives. So I think that's a really key piece. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with that, that I believe that everyone should experience their own level of success. This says, define and discuss darkness. I believe that many people have the idea that there is a darkness or a dark side of life. And that kind of veers off into an arena of a conversation around evil and good. And I'm going to keep it as simple as I can. I believe that darkness is nothing more than the absence of light. And I don't believe that is an opposing energy or an opposing force because if I believe, and I do, that God is all there is, and that there is a power and a presence and a light in all things, then I would never ever go to that space of thinking that there was some energy or some power in the idea of darkness. So I will just be with that place of darkness is the absence of light. And for each of us, we can look at that from that place of when we come into the experience and when we come into an arena of our expression, we are bringing the light to everything and dispelling, if you will, the darkness. And this one says, uh, what is money? Someone, and I can't recall who it was, said that money is God in action. I once saw a video of Zig Ziglar who was talking about money and how wonderful money is, and that money is the perfect color. It goes with any wardrobe, any wardrobe choice you could have, that it's a good thing. It's a positive thing. And I think we've created some, some ideas and some um, restrictions in our lives around the idea of money. So what I would say is that money is a symbol that we have chosen to use that helps us to purchase things and helps us to support things. But if we look at it as God in action, which I love that idea, then it only takes money to bring spirit into that expression of feeding the poor, helping those who need to be clothed, supporting people who need medical care, um, all of those things that, that money can buy, that money can do for us. So yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go with that. Money is God in action. And we can take that and expand on that any way we choose.
Please pray with me. Mm. As we just breathe in and breathe out, we know that we are guided and we are blessed. We know with absolute certainty that spirit is here now with each and every one of us. That this being, this presence, this creator of all life guides us, moves with us, moves through us all the time. How perfect that is. How beautiful that is. And I know this day is blessed. This time together is blessed. This message is blessed. And may it touch the hearts and the lives of those who listen. May we all be in that space, in that place of feeling blessed, joyful, grateful. And so I call this time good. I call it very, very good. I call it God, and I call it done. I let it go, and I let it be. And so it is. There's a phrase that we, and maybe it's not even a phrase, there's a word that we hear a lot in this, in this philosophy. You are often walking into a, a church building, or maybe you're tuning in online like we are nowadays, and you hear the message that you will be called. That you have been called to do something bigger, greater, grander, than what you have been doing with your life. And I've been thinking about this quite a bit with this monthly um, message on cosmic connection, is that some of us may not want to be called. Some of us may feel pretty comfortable with where we're at and what we're doing. And I know for me, many years ago, when I first knew or heard the inclination that I was going to be a minister, I just pretty much disregarded it and ignored it. And then I kind of went about my life, and and I I pretended that that's not what was coming up for me. And so to look at that and to consider that, I wanted to go into that um, just a couple of minutes and talk about that. What does that feel like when someone says, oh, I know what that is. You're being called. Drop everything and go do this. Because that can be kind of a frightening process. I heard a story years ago about Doreen Virtue. Doreen Virtue was a uh, a housewife, a homemaker, and um, she had some kids, and she started having these visions. And these visions were of her standing in front of an audience of people, speaking eloquently. The visions were of her being an author and writing books. And she knew that she did not have the educational background. She did not have anything she needed to do whatever this was in this vision, and it scared her. And so she used to go hide in the closet. And she would take a slice of bread and put a chunk of ice cream on it and cover it with another slice of bread and make a homemade ice cream sandwich and sit in the closet and eat. And what she discovered was if she kept feeding her body, she could shut down or at least minimize the vision that kept showing up for her. Those of you who know of her today know that she is... um, quite famous in her speaking and in many of the books that she has authored. So eventually she came out of the closet and quit eating the ice cream. So we can look at this from another perspective, and we can look at it from the Hebrew scriptures. The Hebrew scriptures talk a lot about people being called by God. He showed up in a burning bush, the voice came out of the sky, a voice came out of the rock, wherever it came from. And you hear all of these stories of what these individuals did. Many of them hid. Jonah ran away. 
and was swallowed by a whale. At least that's how the story goes. They were hiding from God. And the story, as we learned about all of these individuals in the Hebrew scriptures, is that eventually Spirit found them, knew where they were. And the message that I got as a kid was that there was a whole lot of fear around that, that God was going to come find me no matter what I did. But this week I took some time to kind of look at this and, and, and tap into the metaphysical meaning of these stories. Because these stories weren't designed to put fear in us. It wasn't a process to give us the idea that we have to fear God. What the stories are telling us is that no matter where you go, no matter what you do, no matter how you think or how you feel, God is here. These stories were designed to reassure us that spirit is always here. And the message here is that we are inextricably connected, which is the talk title for today. We are inextricably connected to God, in God, and as God. And how beautiful is that and how reassuring is that? And it just feels different in my body to say it that way than how I was looking at it just a few moments ago. So I encourage you to, to think about that and to, to consider that as well as we, as we look at this message today. Because here's what we know. We know that God is everywhere present in, of, and through all things. God is where we are. If we've done something wrong or something bad, as we might uh, entitle it, God's still here. If we say something hurtful or harmful to another person, spirit is still here with us. And because of this idea of inextricable connection, there is a bond with us and spirit, the creator, and we can't break that bond. And so as we get to know that and we get to realize that and we get to recognize that, we realize that not only am I connected, but everyone else is, and I am connected to everyone else. We are all part of a greater whole. We are all part of the greater good. Divine intelligence flows through each and every one of us, no matter what the seeming conditions are. Spirit is here. Spirit is present. So as we look at this idea of connected to God and in God, and we expand it to being connected one with another, we see a whole different mindset about how we can exist and how we can experience life. Brene Brown says this, Spirituality is recognizing and celebrating that we are all inextricably connected to each other by a power greater than all of us, and that our connection to that power and to one another is grounded in love and compassion. Hmm. Those are the key factors. Those are the expressions that we're being called to, to demonstrate to one another, love and compassion. I heard someone say the other day that we're always talking about how love is the answer, love is the answer, love is the answer. People are getting sick of hearing it. Well, maybe we should start loving. <laughs> and then we wouldn't have to quite spout it off so much. It is also in our very nature to be part of something, to feel like we belong, to be a part of community. And I know that right now we may feel a little distance. We may feel a little detached. But we are all still part of a bigger unit. We are all still part of community. 
And you get to decide how much you want to be a part and how much you want to play and how much you want to interact. You get to decide. Even though we were in this time of, of social distancing or safer at home, you still get to decide how much you want to participate and how much you want to be a part. So I thought about this and I was thinking, so what does it mean to connect? Because that's what we're talking about, is we're talking about living in that space of connection. And we're, we have this wonderful cry across the land that's going out there saying that we are so, we are so broken and we are so detached and we are so alone and we are so isolated that we can't get connected. And that's not the truth. Because that's not what we need to do to connect. You do not have to be in the same physical space with another person to build a connection. And I'm going to talk about that here for just a moment. Abraham Maslow talks about the hierarchy of needs. And he says that our need to belong is secondary only to our need to survive. Belonging is second on the list. That's something to really pay attention to. So think about those times when you were in a group of people, but you didn't feel connected. I don't know about you, but I've been to a party where there's all kinds of people everywhere, and I feel completely alone. For whatever reason, not connecting, alone. And I know you've probably had this experience, because I know I have, is you meet someone for the first time, and they hold out their hand to shake your hand, and you shake their hand, and you're like, what was that? That didn't feel like a connection. And then you have those moments when someone offered to hug you or hold you. And when, the, when, when you came in contact with the other person, not in recent months, but in the past, you come in contact with that person and you're thinking, oh my gosh, this feels icky. They're just going through the motions. So those are not the ways we connect, even though we are choosing to believe that's what's going on today. Those are not the ways that we connect with one another. Empathy, connection, compassion, love. These are the things, these are the key pieces that bring us closer together. Mother Teresa said this, If we have no peace, it is because we have forgotten we belong to each other. When I am focused on the world and not my own egotistical ideas, not my own behaviors, not my own wants, not my own desires, when I am aware that I am part of a, a greater good and that we are all connected, I am much more at peace than any other time in my life. So here's some things that we can do. The first thing that we can do is listen. Listen to one another. Because the human the human psyche, I guess I would call it, that, that, that key component, that core within us, wants to be heard. If I'm not saying it right, if I'm excited, if I'm emotional and I'm not expressing myself well, could you just hear me out? Because if I can speak, if I can be allowed to talk through whatever's going on with me, I can move on. And you can support me in that and move on together. I used to take escalated uh, customer service calls in a, in a customer service center. I was the trainer, so I wanted to hear those customers who just couldn't be satisfied no matter what we did to see what was going on. 
And I took this call from this woman one day, and uh, she went off, if you want to use that terminology. She spoke to me in a very agitated state for 17 minutes. And what I discovered in that 17 minutes was not only had she talked to one, not two, but three people in our call center who refused to help her. And what she was saying in that conversation was that everyone kept trying to tell her she didn't have the right to be upset because there was nothing we could do about what she was upset about. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody cares, especially in that moment of, of, of excitability and, and emotional um, expression. So at the end of 17 minutes, when she got done talking, I thanked her. I apologized because she was very frustrated over her experience that day. And I said this to her, whether you stay with our company or not, I want you to know that I value you. And I am concerned that you have gone through all of this stress. And I want to do something to make it better, but I'm not sure what I can do. Would you please tell me, what can I do to make this better for you? There was silence on the phone. And she said this, the very fact that you listened to what I had to say is enough. Thank you. And she hung up the phone. She was much calmer than she had been 17 minutes earlier. We need to listen. We need to listen to our children. We need to listen to our partners. We need to listen to the people who are reaching out to us in conversation. And in that listening, we must be present right here, right now. This is not a time for me to multitask. If you have called me on the phone, I need to give you my undivided attention. I need to hear you. That's how we connect. I need to demonstrate compassion and empathy. We need to demonstrate expressions of gratitude and cooperation. Cooperation. In the, wor in the work world, in the, uh, what do I want to call that, corporate America, we call that being a team player. When you're a team player, you move into a place of cooperating with the other people on the team and trying to find answers together. You don't just go off your merry way and, and do your own thing. In that mindset of cooperation, I want you to look at that this week. I want you to consider this because are you the person is looking for ways to interact and support and cooperate with others? Or are you the person who is sitting back pointing out the errors that everyone else is making? Because when we judge, when we move into that place of judgment, we are not in that place of love and cooperation. A smile. A smile is a great way to connect. When you are out and about, even if it's for just a few minutes every once in a while, you can look into the eyes of another person. And when they're smiling, even with a mask on, you can see that smile in the eyes. And that's one of our greatest ways to connect is eye contact. To walk down the street or be on the path. And I notice that if I just keep looking at the person that I'm walking past, eventually they'll look up at me. And their faces light up. And they don't know me. They don't know anything about me, but we have made a connection. And that's the important piece. And then to top all of this off, another way is to laugh together to find things to laugh about, and to just let go. 
And in the same context, because it's another expression of love, is to cry together. There's nothing wrong with it. To, to allow someone to express their grief or their sorrow and to hold them in that space and shed tears as well. So whether you're on FaceTime or just on the phone or on a Zoom call or you're actually out in the world, take some time to consider these simple things that we've kind of forgotten about that help us stay connected. Ernest Holmes says this, We are in an infinite mind. An infinite mind is also in us. It is by this mind that we think, and that's with a capital M. It is by this mind that we think. This mind is eternal, therefore we are eternal. This mind is complete, therefore we are spiritually complete. How beautiful is that? We are part of something greater than we are, and we tend to forget about it. We tend to think, oh, you know what, I don't need to pray about this, I'll figure it out for myself. Or we go plugging along and something doesn't feel right and we don't stop and seek support or remind ourselves that we are connected, that we are supported. We can awaken ourselves to the oneness of being in spirit. And as a result, that helps us and supports us in awakening to the idea that we are all here together. So I encourage you to stay open to the idea of connection. Open your heart. Open your mind. Open your soul. Because when we open up to those things in others, we can receive those things back to us. But when I refuse to love, when I refuse to express compassion, when I refuse to listen to someone else, if any of the good was coming to me, I have just blocked it. Pay attention to that this week. My call to action for each of you is to take time to observe. Observe your behavior. Observe how you feel. Observe how you're interacting. I used to half listen to my children and be on the telephone. And then I had a child who would not stand for that. Even as a very small child, he would come up to me and grab my face and turn my face and hold it so that I was looking right at him so that he knew I was listening. It doesn't take a lot of energy to connect with another human being. And the value is incredible. So be present, listen, connect, and don't Worry about what we can't do, and let's focus on what we can do. And let's create a phenomenal week this week of being inextricably connected. Please pray with me. And so as we let go of this time, these moments, these precious moments together, we now turn our attention to how we can serve and how we can live and how we can expand and how we can become more than we ever thought we could be. And we do this knowing that spirit is with us, that spirit is within us, and that we are guided. And so I call this time blessed and I call this week blessed and I know that each and every person gets to feel the love gets to receive the compassion, gets to be a part of connection, community. Hmm. May we celebrate that. May we celebrate the beauty of all that we are, knowing 
that good and more good is coming our way. It's beautiful, it's wonderful, and we are blessed. I give great thanks for all of this. Knowing it is already done in the mind of God, I let it go. I let it go, I let it be, and so it is. (laughs) 